0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Welcome everyone to another episode of Revolution Recap. The Revolution are off for the foreseeable future as a result of the coronavirus. Today's game against Portland was suspended, so we have nothing to recap. Uh, But we decided to make a special episode of Revolution Recap, and in light of the Revolution revealing their all-time best 11 uh, on the backs of, I think, Jake's suggestion last week, we decided to assemble our all-time Revolution World Cup squad, the best 23-man squad that we could assemble. Uh, And we kind of brought in a full house today. Uh, I'm Greg Johnstone. Joining me is Sean Donahue. Sean, how's it going?
0: Hanging in there is tough with a lack of sports these days, but... Um, I'm glad we got everyone together to talk about this for the show.
1: Yeah, you've been binge watching Turkish soccer, I see, and keeping track of Samba too. So you know, <laughs>
0: doing whatever to get by. Yeah, you, you can catch Samba two on Monday if you hear this podcast in time. Uh, if you if you're missing out on the Rev that never was, and you need some live Turkish league soccer, he's playing Monday.
1: Already got ten dollars on his team because I need to gamble on something, right? Um, also joining us today, the glorious return. It's been about two years years since he's been on the podcast, but we had to bring in reinforcements. Desperate times call for desperate measures. So. Uh, in wake of the crisis we have brought back brian o'connell brian
2: thank you for joining us uh thanks for having me back i'm doing you cannot see it but i am doing a bow right now so and I, and before i uh before i hand it over and before i uh say any further, i sean i want the link to the turkish soccer because i need something <laughs> it's, it's rough days <laughs> <laughs> it really is dark days definitely and
1: also requiring some sort of introduction, but one not as glorious. We also have Jake here. Hi Jake.
3: I mean I mean we can't we can't we can't just spout the conspiracy theories about how this is a deliberate attempt to stop the Yukon women from winning another national title. That's all that this cancellation <laughs> of sports is, right?
1: I mean I, I think that it was a conspiracy against the Houston Roughnecks because they were just <laughs> rolling their way to an XFL championship. And I had a ten to one future odd that I put on before the season. Really upset about that one. So I, you and me, Jake, we both have legitimate okay. gripes here. So okay. right. I've also learned to, I can't go on vacation ever. I, I leave to go to Puerto Rico for five days. I come back. March madness is canceled. The world has stopped. I, I see what happens when, you know, this country without me, it's absolutely mad, but uh, we will get into um, our world cup rosters now though. Um, the way this is going to work out is each of us will reveal our position, um, you know, kind of I think it doesn't really require much explanation each of us have a 23man roster um I'll reveal my goalkeeper selections uh Sean will reveal the defenders Brian will reveal midfielder his midfielders and Jake will reveal his forwards and we'll kind of discuss and debate um who belongs on that group so um I'll lead off with goalkeepers and' First off, leading off, Matt Reese, I would say, is the obvious selection. Um, I don't really need to go into all of his accolades. But in case I do, um, a two times rev MVP, he was the 2004 Revs Defender of the Year back when goalkeepers could win that award. He was a four-time MLS Goalkeeper of the Year finalist, four-time MLS All-Star, um, has every meaningful record, goalkeeping record for the Revs in the book. Um, so no no real debate, I guess, with Matt Reese. I, I would assume that's across the board. My second selection for goalkeeper is Aiden Brown. Uh, he's fourth all-time among Revs goalkeepers in games, f- tied for third with 21 wins, tied for third with 10 shutouts. Um, And he's second all-time with a 71.3% save percentage. Uh, But what really gave the nod to me is that in 10 playoff games, he had a 89% save percentage. So I felt Aiden Brown deserves the second nod to goalkeeper. And for a third goalkeeper, I went Matt Turner because he's kind of floating around that third third in the record book. Um, But I think he's going to be a legend for the revolution and we're a pro matt turner podcast so i had to give the nod to matt turner so sean go ahead and disagree with me i know you're ready to jump in and tell me i'm stupid so
0: (laughs) no i mean my my top two are the same as yours um uh those who know me know i'm a huge fan of aiden brown and the performance that he did in 2002 i i don't think i've seen um, a goalkeeper have as good of a season or at least as good of an end of a season as Aiden Brown did um, in that stretch run for the revolution that, that somehow got them into the first place with a losing record um, and then got them to MLS cup with, you know, phenomenal performances from Aiden Brown. Um, to me, if he had stayed healthy uh, there was potential that he could be number one on this list. Um, even for as amazing as Matt Reese was for the Revs. I think Aiden Brown just had that potential and unfortunately injuries took that away from him. Um, number three on my list though was Walter Zinga, uh who. You know, for me, it's a tough pick to pick Walter Zenga here because his, you know, terrible job as a coach, um, in some ways is is hard to get away from. Um, but you know, particularly in his first season and first first two seasons, really for the Revolution as a goalkeeper, he was a phenomenal goalkeeper for the Revolution. Um, obviously, you know, international talent and well known player, and uh, he showed it in his first two years. His last year, when he was both a player and a coach, um, he wasn't either a great coach or a great player at that point. Um, so that kind of sours it a bit, but. Um, for me, I give Walter Zenga the nod for number three, um, with a, a you know high thought that Matt Turner, very confident thought that Matt Turner is going to be that you know one, two or three pretty soon. Um, he's just not there yet for me. So for me, it's it's Reese Brown and Walter Zenga as my three goalkeepers.
2: Yeah, I also had a Walter Zenga on my list uh, in addition to uh, uh, Matt Reese and Matt Turner. Um, I think just the personality-wise, I mean, if you think about like the early days of MLS, I think Walter Zenga was the kind of personality you kind of had to bring in. To kind of have the revs establish somewhat of an identity, and I think he gave him an identity, whether it was a good one or a bad one or you know whatever. I, I think he was the kind of kind of guy that a lot of um, you know local sports fans, if they were you know watching the revs, they were they they could name one player. It was probably him. Um, so I think that his his importance to the to the revs at the at that point in their in their you know um, history, I think was was important to have a kind of. Um, personality like him between the pipes and you know also as the coach so I, I, I kind of gave him the nod um, that what well, it's why he got on my list and uh, to kind of echo what uh, Sean was saying about you know Matt Turner I think I think Matt Turner has a lot of upside I think he probably has possibly other than maybe Matt Reese I think he has probably the, mo- the most upside among among the uh, among all all-time revolution keepers I just think that um, you know, I think he's got a long ways to go. He's still really young and I think he's already proved himself at such such a young age. And, you know, the 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 thing about goalkeepers traditionally is that they tend to get better with age. So I mean, if we're seeing um this kind of production from Matt Turner at at at, at his age, I think that there's just more and more um you know, the production will just get better and better as he as he progresses in his career. So um, you know, just to kind of recap, I have Matt Reese What's your thing about Matt Turner my goalkeepers? And Jake, who do you got for your three? Uh, I'm not going to disagree with anyone after
3: Matt Reese. It it really is, is, you know, take your pick. I I do just want to mention Bobby Shuttleworth is second on more or less every single goalkeeping list, simply because he just did it for five years, and Matt Reese did it for the other seemingly 20. Um, The fact that we haven't mentioned Bobby Shuttleworth, and in particular, 2014 Bobby Shuttleworth, who was just as good, I think, as 2019 Matt Turner. Um, I think it's a little surprising. Um, but I, I mean, after, after Matt Reese, I mean, it's, it's really, you know, who, whoever you really want, you know, two and three, uh, Aiden Brown's a good shout. Um, I think, I think Turner will eventually get to that second spot. Um, but it wouldn't shock me if you had a lot of people doing these lists to see a lot of Bobby Shuttleworth at, at third, simply just because you go to some of the record books, you know, he's you know, right behind Reese and wins and games played and starts and everything else like that.
0: And the longevity categories, but not the yes. percentage categories. No, no, yeah, no, no, no just just
3: just longevity. Just he started more seasons than anyone else that we've mentioned. He's number two. I think it's I think it was five seasons. He was the starter.
1: Bobby Shuttleworth had 127 games, 53 wins, 34 shutouts. He's in a comfortable second in all of those categories. Um, and I think Aiden Brown, Matt Turner, Walter Zenga, they all kind of are floating around 50 games played for the Rebs. So, um, I mean, Bobby Shuttleworth has twice as many games as as that category. So I think if you're going off of um, quantity uh, and and putting a little bit more weight on that, I I think you have a really good argument for Bobby Shuttleworth. But I also think you look at um, you know, his save percentage was around 64%. Um, Zanga is at 68%. Matt Turner is at 71%. Um, Aiden Brown is at 71%. So, um, the Revs have been blessed with a, a really solid crop of goalkeepers and yeah, Bobby Shuttleworth, I, th- I think you can make an argument for him. Um, but I think there's a lot of quality in the other guys. So I, I, yeah, that's why I went with uh, my three and, and snubbed Bobby, so to speak. But I, 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 and I'll agree with, uh, Sean and Brian, I, I think Shuttleworth is in a fifth I'd list him fifth on goalkeepers for the revs. I'd I'd put Zenga as my fourth keeper. So um yeah, I I think Shuttleworth is getting a bit of a I don't know, tough luck loser on, on uh, my list here. So.
0: Well, you look at win percentage, too, and I don't think it's too fair to look at win percentage for a goalkeeper, but because we're talking about these per-game stats, Aiden Brown finished his career with a .564 win percentage, Matt Reese a .510 win percentage, Walter Zenga a 500 win percentage, and Shuttleworth was at four seventy two. He was on a lot of bad teams, to be fair. Um, but just a, a lot of the per-game stats, Shuttleworth, because he was on the team for so long, and that's a credit to him, too, had such longevity. Um, and the counting stats does really well, but in the you know per game stats and the percentage stats and the per ninety minute stats is where he just doesn't match up to a guy like a Matt Reese or an Aiden Brown or even in some categories a Walter Zynga and um, what Matt Turner's done so far.
1: I think if you take out the twenty fourteen MLS Cup run, Shuttlesworth's
0: argument goes downhill
1: very fast. I, I think I, I think that that being associated with an MLS cup run certainly elevates you in this category. So uh, one thing before we move on from goalkeepers is um, a fun stat that I found uh, while doing my research was uh, Jeff Causey, one of the first goalkeepers for the revs back in the nineties had six 64 games played and 50 games started. And I originally thought that was a typo uh, but apparently that stat is 100% true. Um, Sean I think you can explain this better you want to explain why Jeff Cozy had so many uh, substitute appearances as a goalkeeper yeah in,
0: in 1999 he had a few before this but most of them came in 1999 when Walter Zinga was the coach and Walter Zynga substituted himself out for the classic MLS shootouts that no longer exists where the players were what was it 30 yards out from goal started running out of goal I guess yep. Jeff Cozy I don't I don't have too much of a memory of Jeff Cosy in those shootouts but I guess he was probably a better at those shootouts than Walter Zynga because Walter Zinga subbed him himself out in the 89th minute of tie games to get Jeff Causey in there for the shootout.
1: So Jeff Causey will have the all time record for most substitute appearances as a goalkeeper in revolution history, 14, a record that will never be broken in my mind. So, uh, it, Sean, do we,
3: do we have any, any record of the, um, the Bob Bradley, uh, Metro star substitution where they sub out Tim Howard oh, as a striker. I was just talking sub about in. that. Is it, is it, do we have any of those for Kazi or was that kiboshed? And that was the strategy that we used to get him in.
1: So I actually just learned about that um, story like a week ago on a podcast. And my understanding is after Bob Bradley did that switch with the the Tim Howard, basically, uh, uh, yeah, as you explained, Jake, he, he basically moved Tim Howard from goalkeeper to attacking midfielder, substituted his attacking midfielder who is now playing goalie for a different attacking midfielder and then switched Tim Howard back to goal. After he did that, that squashed that fourth substitution okay. goalkeeper substitution rule. Um, boy, all the, everyone every, every MLS 2.0 fan is really scratching their heads. But originally, when MLS came around, there was a a rule that you could sub out the goalkeeper. That was an, a legal fourth sub if it was used on goalkeeper.
0: So the Revs did definitely use that at some point i remember there was a game where like nick downing was in goal for a little bit and i think it was because of that sub and there was another game where joe max moore played some goalkeeper um actually i can't i can't remember if nick downing was because of that sub or because of injuries but there there were more than there was one or two times where the revolution also did take advantage of that rule
3: <laughs> it's the eddie gavin eddie Ga- i couldn't remember the name it was the eddie gavin substitution rule
1: yeah yeah um, yeah, and of course of course you remember that, Jay. Anything just, that has I, to do with MLS refereeing and rules, I I should have known. We I was talking about that rule right before you, you hopped onto <laughs> Skype. And uh so of course Well, it's called the reference.
3: Eddie Gavin rule because Eddie Gavin scored the goal in one and then everyone got pissed off, so we couldn't do it anymore. This is why we're not allowed to have nice things,
0: Bob Bradley.
1: Blame blame Bob Bradley. Um <laughs> Moving back on to the, uh, our World Cup rosters, let's move on to defenders. Sean, uh, you're, why don't we move on to you to reveal your set of defenders? First off, list off how many defenders made your 23 man team uh, and then give your selections.
0: So I ended up going with um, eight defenders, eight midfielders, four strikers, and three goalkeepers. Kind of regretted it because there's a few midfielders that I wish I put on here that I didn't. Um, and uh, some of the Defenders that I would have been more comfortable taking off, but that's where I landed, so i'll I'll stick with that. Um, so I kind of broke mine down into positions, and my problem was I had j heaps as the right back. And after that, I didn't have really a second right back. I put Andrew Farrell on this list, but I think of him more as a center back at this point. Um, but I'll start with Jay Heaps. Jay Heaps, obviously, uh, very long-term defender on the Revolution. I think uh, undoubtedly the best right back the Revolution have had. He was a guy that could get forward and create chances and a guy that was, you know, saw it at defending um, despite his, his short stature, played that role really well and was really physical. Um, and he was even a guy that, when the Revolution played a three-man back line, kind of played as that right center back and did very well there too. Um, so it showed some versatility. I think there might have even been some games where the Revolution played a four-man backline, where Jay Heaps, despite you know being a very undersized defender, um, filled in that center back. So um, a lot of credit to him, and obviously with the Revolution, he got to two thousand two MLS Cup, two thousand five, two thousand six, two thousand seven. Um, and then the Open Cup Championship they won, also the 2001 Open Cup Championship they lost, um, the Superliga, and then led the Revs as a coach uh, to MLS Cup. So to me, when you look at the Revolution all-time team that they announced, the biggest snub from that team was Jay Heaps, and he's obviously making my team at right back. Um, At center back, I have Michael Parkhurst, who I think is going to be a unanimous selection here, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think undoubtedly the best center back ever to play for the Revolution. The only knock on him is that he wasn't here for all that long of a time. I think it was just four seasons. Um, after that, I have Francis Okura, who was the Revolution Defender of the Year, I think the first two years in the Revolution's existence, uh, kind of an overlooked player, but um, some of that kind of came out of nowhere and really led the Revolution back line. Uh, overshadowed in stature by Alexi Lalas and with the reputation that he had, but Okura was really the better defender. Um, In those early years, Um, I have Jose Gonzalez mostly for his first season with the Revs. in the second season kind of went downhill after that for him. But he was a fantastic defender for the revolution um, for a part of his time here. Um, and then I have Andrew Farrell who's obviously been on the revolution for a very long time. I guess he'd be my kind of de facto backup, right back and also backup center back. Um, I also, Alexi Wallace did make my team, um, as kind of the last choice center back. Um, and, in that role I had, a, you know, a tough time picking between him, Carlos Shimosa, who was really good for the revolution for a while. Mauricio, Wright, AJ Soares, and rusty Pierce were all kind of center backs that I were thinking about, but Lawless just made that cut. Um, and then on the, the left back side, um, which is another kind of a tough choice for me because I think there's three guys that you can make a case for here, uh, Joe Franchino, Ted Kronopoulos, and Chris Tierney. Um, I have Joe Franchino as my first choice left back. Again, this he was the captain of the revolution for much of their successful years in the mid-2000s and was a really solid defender for the revolution and also could get forward and put in a cross. Um, and then at a very tough race, I have Chris Tierney as my second choice left back. Um, obviously a lot of longevity from Chris Tierney and, uh, the revolution, a lot of times tried to bring in guys to outplay him for the position. It just never happened because Chris Tierney managed to hold down that spot with his, um, solid left foot. And, you know, some questions about his defensive abilities, but you couldn't question his crossing abilities. Um, but for me, it's a a close call between him and Ted Kronopoulos for that second left back spot.
1: I had had most of the same people. I I will say I chose, um, Ted Kronopoulos, although I, I, and this is, might be a, um, you know, I, I wasn't a Revs fan at the time. And so I, I went with Chronopolis I I left off Franchino. Um, you I I'm sure if, if I'd known that he was your first choice left back, Sean, I think I might reconsider that, but um, just going off of the stats, I, I put Chronopolis and Tierney on as my left backs. Um, and I, I think you also mentioned it too. I added AJ Soares to my list. Um, if you kind of look at what he did, he was a two times rev defender of the year. Um, he was a starter for all four years. He was with the Revs, and he left the team after four seasons um, I, I think if he would have stayed with the Revs, he would have, you know, who knows where this team would have gone. They, they really took a long time replacing him. So there might be a little bit of recency bias, but, um, I, I actually added AJ Soares as kind of a backup center back, um, onto this list. Although I will say I, I did consider Francis Okara, who was also a two times Rev defender of the year in two seasons in 96 and 97. Um, but I just kind of felt with, um, AJ Soares and taking that team uh, or, or, um, being in that center back pairing with Gonsalves, um and, and going to the MLS Cup. Uh, I, I put Sores above Okara on my list.
2: Uh, just to add a name, I, I pretty much had a lot of the same names that you guys had. Um, one guy that I didn't hear mentioned was uh, Avery John, a guy that was there starting left back during, um, uh, during the, during pro- arguably their, their most successful run in the mid 2000s. Um, he was a starter on left back, and he also uh, played for the uh, Trinidad Tobago national team. And I thought he was a guy that a lot of guys seem to forget, um, but I think that he held that position really, really well up until the time he left. Um, so I just wanted to kind of—he um, I, I, was on my list as far as I, I, I didn't have him as my starting left back. I actually had Chris Tierney as my starting left back, but I did have Avery John as my other left back, um, just because I think he was—he was a solid—he was a solid guy there um you know during his time with the revs um i kind of i waffled between uh alexi lawless and uh, ted chronopolis but i went with alexi lawless only for the fact that i think he gave similar to what i was saying about walter's thing i think he gave the team a little bit of an identity even if he wasn't the better even if he wasn't the best defender on the team i think he was somebody that was i think coming off the 94 world cup you needed to have one of the most recognizable stars um and the the revs were kind of blessed in a sense to to have one of those players come to them and um so i think his his uh his addition to the team i think um to to you know my my best 23 um has to you know that that was the reason why he needed to my 23 for um for, as far as his far as includes, his inclusion goes.
1: So actually before we go any further, I, I, I just want to for clarification, I'm gonna list off my defenders real quick. So my I have seven defenders. I have Jose, I have Michael Parkhurst, AJ Soares, Andrew Farrell as kind of a backup center back, right back. Um that's kind of why I skimmed down to seven. Um Jay Heaps, Chris Tierney, and Ted Kranopoulos. Um Brian, who are your
2: who who are your selections? I have Andrew Farrell, Jay Heaps, Michael Parkhurst, Jose Gonzalez, Avery John, Chris Tierney. Uh, Ted Chronopolis and Alexi Lalas,
1: And then, Jake, uh, do you have any select? I know Jake, for the people listening at home, Jake is kind of winging it, but, uh, anyone we missed, Jake, do you want to add to the list?
3: No, I just, I'm just going to point out, I actually, um, I cheated. I actually listed Tierney as a left midfielder so that I could get both Kronopoulos and Francino onto the left back, um, side. But I did the same thing. I went with seven defenders. I have, I have Heaps, Parkhurst, Francino, Chronopolis, Farrell, Jogo, um, um, I might have I might have had uh, I might have had Lawless just just for the just for the heck yeah, of it but uh, yeah it's it's one of those like center back is one of the weird spots because for the bulk of, of the bulk of the, the Steve Nickel run we used a three man back line so I always when I think of making the first revs team I'm like I just need a three man back line I not it, it's going to be heaps it's going to be Parkers and whoever you want it at at the left back left center back kind of sort of role in that three-man back line and then your your second four um i, I wish that that you know guys like you know lalas had been around you know longer than the peak of their careers uh Soares had stayed jose Gonzalez had had continued to be 2013 jose Gonzalez. Um, there's so many like great two or three year runs that the revs have at center back um but they don't have someone who's ever really like dominated that that position um parker's is, is the closest one we have to that and he wasn't even there for more than five years
0: my, my only last comment here on uh the, the revolution defenders is, is there anyone on the revolution that has a longer last name than Ted Kronopoulos? Because my lasting memory of him as a player is them trying to fit the name on the back of his Jersey and the, the C being almost down to the end of his sleeve and the S being almost down to the other end of his sleeve. But I don't, I think he gets the cake for the, uh, the longest, the longest last name in revolution history, unless I'm missing somebody. Yeah,
3: Lorenowitz and Gonsalves are up there, but
0: close, but I think Chronopolis still beats him.
3: Chronopolis mm-hmm. beats him by one letter. So, okay.
1: Anyway, um, and, and speaking of Laurentowitz, I'm sure he's going to be on some lists when we move to the midfield. But, Brian, uh, how about you reveal – how many midfielders did you add to your team
2: and I, reveal your selection? All right, let's see. I'm counting right now because I didn't count. Um, let's see. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Wow, out of a crowded midfield. So I have nine. So here here are my nine. Uh, I have Clint Dempsey. I have Pepe Kinsella, Lee Wynn. Joseph, Jermaine Jones, Carlos Heal, Steve Ralston, Diego Foote, for good news, and Imad Baba. Um, I know that we we, were before we started, I know there was some kind of debate as far as, you know, uh, people having long, uh, players having long enough tenure. And um, the reason why I went with Carlos Heal is only for the fact that I think he's probably one of the best players the the refs have ever signed. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's a guy that brought immediate quality. There was, whenever you bring in a guy who's kind of he signed internationally there seems to be a little bit of a, like a learning curve but for me there was still just really no learning curve with him last year I think, I think he slotted in perfectly um, so um, that's I know he's only been in the team like a year and a half not even um, but I think he's a guy that I think um, I had to include just just based upon watching what he did last year and he was really a huge reason why that team um, aside from besides uh Bruce Arena gets into the playoffs i just think that he was really one of the primary reasons they got into the playoffs in a year that they had they really had no business getting into the playoffs um obviously uh with with what they started with um so he's the reason why i included uh, he's he last year was the reason why i think he deserved to be on my list um Shari Joseph i know we're kind of talking about like slotting in guys you know uh you know Jake was saying that he put Christiane in his midfield so he could, um, so he could put somebody else in the, in, in the defense and kind of thinking along those lines. I mean, obviously, Shauri Joseph is a guy that, you know, is probably one of the best midfielders in revolution history, but it's also funny to think that he was also a guy who also played a little bit of center back and he also played a little bit of forward. Mm-hmm. So, um, he was just obviously one of the best players, I mean, period in, in revolution history. So obviously he's, he's an obvious one. Clint Dempsey is an obvious one, um, to me. Um, Steve Ralston obviously and it's funny because I feel like a lot of guys like Diego and um even like Lee Wynn have been kind of creeping up the 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 record books but I feel like in in a little bit it almost it's it's hard to say because of their longevity I think it's sometimes easy to, to forget that Steve Ralston really put together like his stats in more of a shortened amount of time um and I know that like he had longe- longevity as well, but I think uh, you know, a-, a lot of people forget that he was also a similar guy like Xavi Joseph, where he was actually counted on to play forward more up front and forward toward the toward the tail end of his uh, revolution career. So I mean, to me that's an obvious inclusion. Um and I also had to go with Ahmad Baba because he was a guy that um, you know, I think was one of the better players in their in their early years. Um, you know. Not a lot of people remember him, but you know, he he did um play he did have twenty uh twenty four goals. I'm sorry, he had twenty four goals in a games with them. And um between him and Alberto and Nevada were probably one of the best one of their better offensive players in the in the uh mid to
0: late 90s yeah that's a very good list i can't have much disagreement there at all and even to back some of that up just looking at the you, know, you talk about like the per game stats they do have per 90 minute stats which are interesting and uh i think can was on your list he's the lead, revs leader in assists per 90 minutes at 0.4 per game um and joe max moore who i'm sure will mention at is second at 0.39 and steve Rawson, right right there too with 0.37 and those guys are kind of well ahead of everybody else in that list um, and then even you talk about goals per 90 minutes and you mentioned Imad Baba from the midfield. Um, he was in the top 10 in goals per list at, at 0.25 um, other guys in there. Lee Wynn is also in there. Diego Fagundes, um, of course, Clint Dempsey, Pat Noonan, Joe Moore Taylor Schwalman. Um But you're talking about midfielders. You have, you know, some, some key guys in there that, you know, those per per 90 minute stats are, are way up. And um, for, for me, I think my list was very similar to you. I had, I had eight guys instead of, instead of nine, Um, Jeff Laronowicz made my list instead of Imad Baba and I didn't put Carly's heel on there yet, even though I think after another season, he will be on that list. Um, but otherwise I think my list was the same as yours. Uh, there were some tough cuts from that list. Brian Kamler, I think was the best Revs left midfielder still ever. Um, and there's not really a left midfielder on my team. Uh, so it was hard not to include him. Um, even McKinley, obviously a, an enforcer for the Revolution. Lionel Alvarez, another enforcer for the Revolution in the early years. Uh, Edwin Gorder, Kete, who was you know, probably the, one of the few guys that's actually worn number 10 for the Revs. that was a number 10 um, and had one really, really good season for the Revs in 2001 when they were just starting to get good um as they became in in 2002 um so those guys were all you know borderlines on my list but otherwise you know for me i think i have the same list as you maybe minus bob and and Heal, and expecting Heal to be on their future and adding loranowitz who obviously was a big part of the revolution and formed that that tandem with charlie joseph for a long time of the revolution were so good in the the mid-2000s
1: yeah, and I actually, Sean, I think we have pretty much the same lists, um, but I had seven defenders, so I was able to squeeze on a ninth midfielder like um, Brian, uh, and so I have the exact same eight as you do, but I added Carla's heel um, for a lot of the reasons that um, Brian listed. Um, so, yeah, I, I won't go too far, because you guys have kind of repeated everything um, that you know, we've already said, um, I will say, uh, so I think we both have listed Jermaine Jones. I think that was the ultimate, um, you know, do quality versus quantity because i was looking back at his stats and i think everyone remembers jermaine jones for what he did in 2014 he played 28 games with the revs um and that's by far the lowest of the players um on my list here i I mean i was pretty shocked to see that that's less than a a full season he dealt with so many injuries he was really only here for he was under a contract with the revs for a year and a half um and then you you know Really, that 2015 season was a bit of a bust. He really didn't play that spectacularly. He was off and on injured. Um, You know, really, he was on this list for half a season in 2014. So it sounds kind of weird. And all three of us have him on the list. But that was the one that I really was scratching my head over whether or not to include him um, or or take an Ivan McKinley um, or someone
0: else. So. Same, same thought here in my kind of logic with Jermaine Jones. And it was tough for me, and especially because they didn't put Carly's heel on here, is just that Jermaine Jones, I thought, pretty much carried that team. It was it was already a good team, but he, he came in there and really carried that team to an MLS Cup final. And that, for me, kind of gave him a pass, even though the longevity wasn't there. And, you know, if he had just played 28 games and hadn't brought the team that, you know, otherwise in, in the 2000s or the 2010s wasn't that great of a team you know they made the playoffs in 2013 and again in 2015 but that was really their one big great run and he really led that um so that kind of gave him an edge where other guys who had only played 28 games i wouldn't necessarily be willing to to make that exception for yeah, I think
1: if he puts up the same stats and the Revs get knocked out, I guess uh, twenty-eight games regular season. I should I should throw that out there too. But um, if he has the exact same regular season stats and the Revs get knocked out in the first round in twenty fourteen, I'm not sure I'm adding him to this list. Um, kind of just goes to show how successful success kind of to adds onto the list. So, um, but anyway, Jake, uh, did you have any other thoughts on the midfield? Anyone that we missed?
3: Well, just there the, because of my recency bias, I also have the following name on my list, which would be Andy Dorman, who was probably that third holding midfielder for a really, really long time. And he did it twice because he came back um, and was with the revs for some of those lean years um, under heaps. Uh, and then for the cup run. Um, so if, if we were doing it by like holding midfielders only, I think uh, Dorman and Lorenowitz might be that, like that second pairing um, for me. Um, I, no one has mentioned, I didn't have either of them on my list, though. I, I thought about it very, 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 very long. Um, was both Kellen Rowe and Diego Fagundes simply because they have been just from a longevity standpoint, they, they are both really, really up there and Diego arguably could, could make the list as a utility player. Um, I I also, I need, I need to say that again. I haven't figured out where Clint Dempsey is on my list yet. I haven't listed him as a striker yet and he's right now like my ninth midfielder, but he played striker for the revs and he sort of played, I'm not sure what with Seattle and the U- U.S. national team because it was just he's Clint Dempsey, he does what he wants. Um, but everything else, I mean, you know, Jermaine Jones and Carlos Gil—I mean, arguably two of the best seasons the Revs have seen at, at, at some of their respective positions. So I don't have a problem with Jones being on the list or or, or Heel being on the list. Um, there, I think Heel's going to be there at some point anyway. But Lee Wynn would be the, still the top the top holding mid uh, the top uh, attacking midfielder, excuse me, um, along with Ralston, and then uh, you know. T- t- Tyranny, I have at the number one left midfield spot, but I, I, didn't, I don't have the extensive history that you guys had. Um, I'm sure uh, Imad Baba. If I'd seen him play, probably would have loved watching him.
1: Imad uh, Baba wasn't even on my radar. To be completely, uh, <laughs> so he, completely transparent, so Brian's really uh, reaching back and uh, uh, pulling out the the treats. I, I, I completely missed him altogether. To be honest with
0: you, just, just no, just to clarify, Fagundes was on my list. He was just near the bottom of it.
1: Oh, okay. I, I,
3: I he, heard, he made, I heard the he name once, but. I wouldn't
1: yeah, say actually, he did I, I have him too. I, I, okay. I think he's on all of our lists. We're, we're kind of doing it in a bit of a confusing fashion. And I'll, I'll post everyone's rosters when we're done here. Um, so, you know, if you're on Twitter or if you follow us on Facebook, you'll see uh, all of it in a much more clear format. But um, yeah, I, I think we all have uh, Fagundes. We all have, I think we agree on seven or eight of them Jermaine Jones, Jermaine Jones, Jalry Joseph, Diego Fagundes, Lee Wynn, Clint Dempsey, Steve Ralston, and Kinsella are on all of our midfielders. And then Sean and I have Jeff Loretta and Brian and me have Carlos heel. And Brian has Ahmad Baba.
0: My, my one quick comment too on Clint Dempsey is he did play all over the place for the Revolution. He was on the wing. He was at defensive yeah. midfield, essentially. He was at attacking midfield. He was at striker. But I actually thought the Revolution were at their best when Clint Dempsey was kind of next to Ru Joseph with Jose yep. Cancela in front of him. And he was making those late runs under the box and people weren't tracking him. He'd get those headers and you know, win those balls and, and get the shots on so net r- more as rookie season when they had that, that midfield three with Cancela in front of Dempsey and Joseph. I thought that was some of the most exciting times to watch Clint Dempsey. Um, obviously as his career evolved, he became a guy that would be you know, dribbling out players all the time and taking guys on as more of an attacking role. Um, but seeing him come kind of from that, that position next to Shari Joseph, um, was when I thought the Revolution midfield was probably the most fun to watch when you had those three guys in the middle and then Steve Ralston on the right. Um, that was quite the quite the uh, the midfield the Revolution had at that point.
1: Changing topics before we move on to forwards. I have one more name that no one mentioned, and I'm just curious if anyone considered him not not put on the list, but considered him Scott Caldwell.
3: Also, also would have been in my recency bias with 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 more with Kellen Rowe of just like if you if you're looking for those utility players, utility holding midfielder, utility attacker. If you were trying to actually like. Come up with an actual 23-man roster to win. You might take someone like Kellen Rowe because he can play eight different positions.
1: Yeah, Kellen Kellen Rowe is surprisingly on the um, all over the records books in terms of games played, minutes played. Um, he, he's moved up in the charts a little bit. And Scott Caldwell, you know, I, I wouldn't add him to this list because he's been a part-time player most recent, you know, in a few years. But he's been with the team for the better part of a decade. He won the. 2015 Rebs MVP that was a the year they went to the playoffs they weren't total trash yeah. that year he he was a starter I believe he started the MLS Cup he was certainly a key player down that stretch mm-hmm. um, at first I, I kind of wrote him off as as not really a big thing he's also of course a chemistry guy you know yep. he he mentors the, he's the team dad. You know, he'll do your taxes come tax season, you know, all around great guy, you know. So um, I, I consider I genuinely consider putting Scott Caldwell on there, but um, I, I don't think his accomplishments measure up to um, the guys we
2: add to the list, which which is
1: a very deep position, I think, as we've talked about.
2: Mm-hmm. I think, Greg, like uh, I think if he plays like a few more seasons um, because I think he is somewhat underrated. I mean, he doesn't have the stats. I mean, he plays, but he doesn't he isn't really like he's not your sis guy he's not a goal scorer what have you um he doesn't really overwhelm you like as like a as like a stopper or anything but he's a guy that does like all like the little things and i think because of that um he's a guy that coaches love but he's a guy that like fans really for the most part like really kind of say oh he's kind of like you know just another guy but i think he's a guy that like if you ask like any mls coach and they about like what their opinion is of scott Caldwell, and they'll all like i think they all like him for that reason because i mean if you think about one of the things that I think about when I think about Scott Caldwell is when you think about Chris Tierney and the the runs he was able to make, like, it's really because he had the cover from Scott Caldwell. So if you think about, you know, Chris Tierney being on the list, I don't think Chris Tierney gets on this list if he doesn't have a guy like Scott Caldwell to track back and say, you know what, get up, like, like get forward, I got you in the rear Um, and and be able to kind of like provide the cover and just, you know, just do that and really, be the un, be willingly accept the role of like the unsung hero and just and do like the mop-up work when, when it's needed. Um, I think if he, if he does it for a few more years, I think he, you know, could get on a list, um, you know, as kind of like an honorable mention, but he's never going to be a guy who scores a lot of goals. He'll never be a guy that, 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 you know, has those key passes. He's just a guy that really does the mop-up work and, you know, um, you know, a credit to him, but maybe not, you know, if he's, if you're thinking about like all time great MLM, um, you know, Revolution midfielders. You know, there's so many other guys that have better stats than him, but I think he certainly deserves like a mention for that reason because he does do like a lot of little things that really make a successful team. You know, all the parts work together.
1: When we do uh, when we do our uh, Revs uh, OK eleven of guys <laughs> that have made a hundred appearances for the Revs, it'll be you know Bobby Shuttleworth and Scott Caldwell and Andy Dorman and you know. Kevin Alston, you know, we'll throw them all in there as the most meh 11,
0: you know? No, I I couldn't agree more with Brian's point, though, about, you know, Scott Caldwell does do the little things that make other guys look good. And I completely agree that if Scott Caldwell hadn't done, you know, hadn't been the type of player that he was, that Chris Tierney wouldn't be in this conversation. Um, So I I wouldn't put Scott Caldwell on my list, but I do think he deserves credit for being kind of that chemistry guy and and that glue guy that, um, you know, what he does kind of goes goes unheralded um but i think brian summed it up really nicely
3: i just want to one one more mention on on uh mr uh mr caldwell is that uh one one former u.s national team member uh jermaine jones did uh call scotty a quote bulldog and hoped that scotty would replace him on the u.s national team because i think jermaine jones knew you can't have all-stars at every position you need a couple of guys like scotty like a Kyle Beckerman, like I, I don't I don't rate Kyle Beckerman necessarily as an outstanding player, but he's really, really good at doing a lot of very, very, you know, specific things. And he makes everyone around him not have to worry about recoveries or going in for that tackle or things like that. And positional wise, you, you're right. Like there, if Scotty Caldwell isn't putting out so many fires in 2014, and 2015, the Revs don't make the playoff run. The Revs don't make that that second cup run when they were kind of sort of meh. Um, for for so long until Jones got there, like there's a reason why the Rebs were in that position before Jermaine Jones, and it was because Scotty Caldwell was doing so much work in that midfield.
0: But but now that now that Greg mentioned, I kind of want to do that uh, that Matt met 11 of the guys that paid 100 <laughs> appearances but didn't make our list, and get guys like Tano Smith and Sane Niasci as our wingers with <laughs> with that uh, Darius I Barnes also, back in the defense. <laughs> and,
1: and and I want to circle back to one more thing on Scott Caldwell, um, Brian mentioning you know his ability to kind of cover ground reminded me. of uh, I think, Sean, you and I had this conversation about him, uh, Scott Caldwell, kind of covering positions, uh, covering ground when when wingbacks move up, and that led us to find out about uh, Scott Caldwell's speed rating, which is criminally low, and uh, I just Googled it, and in FIFA 20, he's got a 35 pace rating, uh, so it's it's gone down lower than last year, uh, which I think was like 42 last year, so um, Scott Caldwell, apparently incredibly slow, but still worth a... Somewhat honorable mention on our um, Revs' twenty-three uh, man rosters. So
0: we might get to see more of that as the Revs simulate games on FIFA <laughs> the games yeah. that aren't getting played in this week. We might get to see some of Scott Caldwell's slow speed. <laughs> A
1: big four-four draw on uh, against the Timbers today. So. Uh, before we go, before we move on, I, I think we gotta briefly mention Shalri Joseph because he's unanimously on all of our teams. Um, but uh, I just want to read off all of his accomplishments, just because every time I see it, it's it's kind of amazing. And spending today, kind of going through each each of these players and being like, oh, this guy made an All Star team and whatever. Uh, Shalri Joseph, I think he can make an argument; he's the greatest Revolution player of all time. Um, you know number one in games played number one in games started 261 and and 254 respectively 37 goals 34 assists uh two times rev mvp 2006 revs defender of the year was a four times mls uh, best 11. uh he's the only rev to have done that more than twice uh 2009 mls mvp finalist and he was a seven-time all-star uh so I, i think it's just worth I, he was kind of a footnote in those conversations because we all unanimously agreed, uh, but you know, for the kids that never got to see Charry Joseph play, um, I think it's worth just kind of mentioning uh, all of his accomplishments and, and all the great work that he did with the revolution. Um, and I will also attack onto that. Uh, I'm still upset that they didn't find a way to squeeze him into one game in 2014 uh, and kind of give him one more game uh, with the revolution when he returned back. Uh, but it is what it is.
0: and for me, he would be the number one revolution player of all time, and my, if I was at yeah. a vote.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree yeah I agree he did He did everything everything about play goalkeeper I think um, the fact that he was an MVP finalist 2009 on a team that really had no business I mean they snuck into the playoffs but I think if I recall correctly I think that was the year that they really kind of asked him to play striker he might have led that team in goals I could be wrong but there was one year where they basically said listen we don't have it. I mean I think it was while um, Twalman was kind of still be set by uh by his concussion by the concussion issue and he basically asked him to play up play up 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 front more and he scored like nine goals or something so i mean i just you know it, it he, really you're right he tied yeah, for the I, rev he,
0: leading goal that year with eight with kelly dubay
2: <laughs> that's right <laughs> he also as a striker
1: assists. as let a striker eight assists. yeah
2: yeah he could he could do it. he could do everything i mean he was he was really just i mean just ask him to do something, and he'll do it, and he did it exceptionally well wherever he was. Wherever he was. So, yeah. Also the Revs' okay. top
0: scorer in 2011 in another horrible season. <laughs> we also had eight goals. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well,
1: uh, Jake, you want to bring us home with your selection of forwards?
3: All right, no particular order, because it is in a particular order, and there's really, there's really, I think, a top three, and then we can kind of sort of debate on who, if we're going to have four strikers, again, the standard, Everyone gets, you know, 352, 442, whatever formation you want to use. Taylor Twellman's number one, Joe Max Moore's number two. I have Pat Noonan number three. I think some people might disagree with me on that. And then I went Walt Harris, number four. But there's there's really not a lot after that. You can mention Teal Bunbury for longevity or utility. You can mention Juan Aguidelo for talent. Um, you can mention Carly Davies for nostalgia. The Revs really haven't had a lot of great goal scorers because, oh yeah, for a decade we were bad at scoring goals until just recently.
0: If if you're going to go on uh, talent, Raúl Diaz Arce would be uh, on that list it's, for exactly. he had. The, he had the second highest scoring season in revolution history tied with Lee win with 18 goals, I think in 97. Okay. Um, so he, he definitely earns an honorable mention, but I, I agree with your list completely. Um Harris is, is my number four and Patton is my number three. Um, you can make a case for Patton over Joe Max Moore. I wouldn't make that case, but I've heard people make the case and I could, I could see it. Um, but Woldy Harris definitely is my number four. And, Um, I've mentioned it before, but if you haven't seen it before, you got to see the Woldy Harris bicycle kick goal that didn't count, and is the best (laughs) argument ever for VAR because he had an amazing long-range bicycle kick that hit off the crossbar, bounced about five feet over the line, and bounced back out, and it didn't count, and it probably would have been one of the best MLS goals of all time, and if you Google Woldy Harris bicycle kick, it's the first thing that comes up, so if you haven't seen it, you should check it out, Um, but I I mean, I would say it was the best bicycle kick the Revolution have scored in a long list of good ones that include Twelman and and Aguadelo, Um, but no, Taylor Twalman, obvious number one Joe Max Moore um, for what he did in the early years of the revolution and even you know in his second short stint um, he was you know more of an assist maker at that point wasn't the same player but still provided um, some some grit for the revolution up top and some uh, great assists for the revs um, and then Pat Noonan obviously had a you know fantastic partnership with Taylor Twellman. Um but Woody Harris in some of the you know the poor years before Pat Noonan came in um, was a key contributor for the revolution and even when Taylor Twallman joined the team he was still um, providing goals for the revs even when guys like Mamadou Diallo and Diego Cerner were there and, and not, you know, necessarily pulling the weight you expected from them. Um, but my fifth was was Raul Diaz Arce over Teal Bunbury and Juan Agudelo because, if, you know, if, if you're considering guys like Carly's heel and and um, Jermaine Jones on based on one yeah. season, uh, Diaz Arce had the second highest scoring season in Revolution history, other than you know, tied for Lee Wynn. So he was my honorable mention there.
2: Yeah, for me I I had I had Taylor Twelman, Joe Max Moore, uh Diaz Arce and Waldinho. Um I think that game, Sean, that you're talking about, because I think I just saw the highlight recently on that, and I think he ended up eventually scoring not he, long He after, did, not as nice of a denied. goal. Yeah. <laughs> but he did score. <laughs> but he still scores. I mean, <laughs> but I remember seeing that. And I was like, wow, like that. I mean, you're right. I mean, if there's a case for VAR back in the day, that was it because that was a beautiful goal. And that was a goal that definitely went over the line. And, and the fact that he was denied, I mean, it was just, just a travesty, but he, but it was nice to actually see him score not long thereafter, but yeah, probably of of all, like probably the best goal, non-goal gold slash non-goal ever scored in revolution. That was just a beautiful, beautiful shot.
1: Yeah. And, I actually snubbed RSA. I, I kind of know I am. Um, I, I had Twellman, 12 Moore, and Noonan as my top three, uh, and then I did the nostalgia, adding Charlie Davies, really just for the 2014 postseason alone. I know he's not the fourth best or fourth most accomplished uh, forward in Revs history, but um, 64 games played, 14 goals, 8 assists. But in the 2014 playoffs, 4 goals and 1 assist. Um, I mean, he w- was absolute money in that. Postseason, and I kind of justify it as if I'm adding Jermaine Jones based on the 2014 half season. Uh, I'm adding Charlie Davies as well, so um, I'm I'm doing the Homer, you know, recency bias, um, nostalgia pick, in Charlie Davies. But um, I, I I certainly understand uh, the why you would pick Raul uh, Diaz Arce, and I, I probably am wrong for snubbing him off of my list.
0: Well, and I think Diaz Arce too. If you take if you take the point the old, old point system that doesn't exist anymore, I think he had the second highest points. Um, when, when the goal counts for two points and an assist counts for one point he had 44 points in 1998 because um, he had 18 goals and eight assists uh, which I think is the highest in Revolution history other than Taylor Coleman's rookie year where he had 23 goals and six assists um, so it, you know it's tough to pick a guy based on one season and, and one season that um, you know the Revolution weren't very good in the early years but it's tough to pick a guy for of one season but um, if you're you're Struggling to come up with a fourth striker or a fifth striker, I think you got to include Diaz RC in that conversation, even just on one year.
2: And to what you were saying, Greg, about like Charlie Davies, I, I don't blame you for giving him a shout because honestly, I think, you know, I go back and I think about the 2014 season. I know that we were all just talking about Jermaine Jones as like kind of like single handedly carrying them to that MLS Cup final. But I also think that a lot of, I, I remember Jay. Jay Heaps during that season speaking a lot about Charlie Davis and basically his influence in the locker room that year. And I think, you know, in addition to the fact he kind of like helped them, helps bring them along during that MLS Cup run, also put together a pretty respectful 2015. Um, you know, I think he's, he, he stayed healthy and he scored like 10 goals that year. And just the fact that he was able to do both was like just, it's like one of those things where, like, if he had just stayed healthy, like, even after the accident, if he had just stayed healthy, what if? And I think that was kind of like, you know, uh, a, a glimpse that the tail end of 2014 into 2015, if he had just stayed healthy, I think it would have been really interesting to see what kind of, what kind of uh, stats Charlie Davies puts up like in the year or two thereafter. But, um, you know, if you talk about like clubhouse leader, like locker room leader, he was one of those guys. Um, and I know that, you know, like what we just said, like with Jones, you know, really kind of spearheading them to the 2014 MLS Cup final. I think, I think to a man, I think a lot of guys, in that locker room really responded to Charlie Davies as a leader um, in that locker room, those in 2014,
1: 2015. Yeah. And I I was going to say, I mean, everyone credits Jermaine Jones coming in for that final stretch of the 2014 season, but that was Charlie Davies ramping up towards the end of the the season too. So it was a lot of things kind of coming together. And I I think Charlie Davies, even though he only had a few seasons, what was it? 64 games played. um, I, I think his impact on the team was extremely significant. Um, and, and you're right. You know, if his health doesn't take a turn down in, I think, 2016, um, I don't remember if it was 2015 or 2016, um, but he, he probably they, the, the revs don't go out and get Kai Kamara likely. Um, Charlie Davies is probably the striker for a couple more seasons. Uh, and he's much further up on the list. He has a lot more than 14 goals, um, 14 regular season goals uh, with the revs. So um, I, I, I added him on for nostalgia. But um, yeah, I, I snubbed uh, Woldy and uh, Arce, So. Uh, but also before we move on, I just want to mention Taylor Twelman for the same reasons that I list off Charlery Joseph's stats. Yeah. I want to say uh, Taylor Twelman, uh, 174 games played 101 goals, 28 assists, uh, three times revs MVP, five times Revs scoring leader, 2005 MLS MVP, the only player in revolution history to win the league MVP uh, two times. Uh, MLS best 11 starting 11 uh, he was the two-time MLS scoring champ and a five-time all-star and his his career was cut pretty short uh, due to concussion injury uh, concussion injuries um, so he, he likely would have scored a lot more goals he'd be a lot higher up in the MLS record books um, than, than what he ended with in 2010, 2011. Um, Joe Max Moore, just want to kind of r- rattle off some stats here, too. 96 games started, uh, or sorry, 96 games played, 41 goals. That's fifth on the team, uh, 35 assists, three times revs MVP. He's second in goals per 90 minutes with 0.45, second in assists per 90 minutes with 0.39. And then I think you mentioned this, Sean, uh, Pat Noonan in 37 games, or sorry, 37 goals, 29 assists, third in goals per 90 minutes at .39, fourth in assists per 90 minutes with .3. He was also a two-time MLS All-Star. So um, I think Brian, you left off Pat Noonan, but for the rest of us, um, those that that trio was um, pretty not unanimous, but um, majority uh, had those three as uh, our, our top three forwards. So yeah, anyone else that we left off that we should mention really quickly, or any other thoughts on players that? Um, that are on this list that uh, we want to go into.
3: No, I just wanted to rattle off just sort of at the bottom of like the Revs, like top 10 all time goal scorers uh, that they've got in the media guide here. Aguadillo, Bunbury, and Rowe are both around the, it, like 30 goals is sort of like the cutoff for like top 10. Rowe's at 29. Bunbury's got 34 and Aguadillo's got 35. Like that's stunning to me that, that those type, like just because you've been around so long, that the Revolution have just really never had someone as efficient as 12man or Joe Max Moore, as far as goal scoring. Like this is going back, you know, 15 years um, since I think that's, well, it might be longer than that for, for Joe Max Moore officially retiring, but just, just the, the efficiency that the revolution have just not had up front. When you start looking back at some of these stats, it's just staggering that they, that, you know, Taylor 12man and everyone else, they just had this perfect storm and went on this run. And then it's just nothing for the rest of it.
0: Well, it's interesting, too, when you talk about, you know, Taylor Twelman and the other strikers that the team has had that haven't really performed. Um, And and in the years Taylor Twelman was with the Revolution, uh, there were several guys that had been, you know, league's leading scorers or league MVPs, guys like Mamadou Diallo, Diego Serna, Alex Pineda, chacon that all played with Twelman and for whatever reason didn't really have any success with the Revolution. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's been guys that have had a lot of success in MLS that you would have thought um, you know, would have come to the Revs and put up similar numbers to Twelman or, you know, I mean, you can't say that because put up incredible numbers, but put up, you know, respectable goal scoring numbers yeah. and just failed miserably. And then even on the designated player side, the revolution have brought in guys like Jerry Bankston that, you know, I think everyone thought mm-hmm. based on his scoring record and what he's done would have done well for the revolution. Milton, Milton Didn't, Caraglio. Milton Milton Caraglio. Yeah. 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 There's been no shortage of guys that yeah. have pedigrees that would have made you thought they'd you know, and a few seasons get up on this list, uh, you know, in that 30 goal range and just didn't just failed miserably. So, um, yeah, it's, a, it's an area where outside of Twelman, Moore and, and Noonan, um, there's kind of a lack of guys that have been efficient at striker.
3: Yeah. And and Dempsey, when you look at like goals per per game or goals per night, whatever set you want, Dempsey's up there in third. Because he just did—he just doesn't have—he has the goals. He just doesn't have have the games. Yeah. Very similar to Joe Max Moore. And when when you just look at that, it's like I understand the game might have changed a little bit, but it, it seems to me like it, you know we've been we've been saying oh god we we need a goal scorer. Uh, there's a reason why we keep saying this because when we look at the statistics, it's it's just really really bare bones for you, you know, someone who's a great scorer. You've got a lot of guys who have contributed, um, a lot of guys who have compiled a lot of stats who are good players, but you don't have that that other dominant player like a Twelman, like those types of names are, are a little bit short on this list overall.
2: Well, I think you have someone like Gustavo Bauer, and I think if, if he continues at his at his current pace, I think he's a guy that won't get into Twelman territory, so to speak, but I think he'll, he'll at least make a push for, you know, maybe getting in that top five perhaps, mm-hmm. um, just because his strike rate. And I think his talent level is just, I think he's probably one of the most talented strikers they've had. Probably since Twelman, only for the fact that, like, I mean, if you look at his strike rate, I mean, it's it's really it's. I mean, it, we're looking at a very short resume with him in New England, but right. if he stays for another two or three years, I mean, he, I could see him very much climbing up that list um, because I think that he's probably. You're right. There's just been a dearth of pure goal no, scorers on the I, team. I mean,
3: all all you have to do is get past Kellen Rowe, get to 30 goals, and you're in the top yeah. 10 in club history. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's yeah. it's not exactly a difficult bar to be set. That's three 10. 10 goal seasons and I doubt if I were to go back like the number of people who we could even think who could have done that here is a very very short number
1: and Diego Fagundes is second on this list with 52 goals and 22 of those goals were in across two seasons he had his 2013 campaign with 13 goals and his 2018 campaign with nine goals Um, I mean a lot of people I think if you ask about Diego Fagundes they're a little frustrated with him In, in the last three or four years he really hasn't made the impact that you expected when he busted onto the scene in 2013, yet he's already, you know, he's 25 and he's second on the team in goals, third on the team in assists. Um, you know, I, I scorers are, are outside of the top tier. There's a, a long drop down. So yeah. Uh, one other person I want to just kind of mention too, uh, we kind of, I think we kind of skipped over and we had talked about him a little bit, but, um, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but I was looking into Andrew Farrell's stats Um, And he's actually a lot, very accomplished. Three times Rev Defender of the Year. He's an all-star once. Um, But what really kind of surprised me was he just passed Chris Tierney in minutes played this season. Um, He is at 19,491. And he is 3,376 away from Shalri Joseph. That is about 37 and a half games. So Andrew Farrell might pass Shalri Joseph in minutes played uh, before he turns 30. He turns 30. In two years, on April 2nd, 2022. Wow. So he, he's, a, he's projected to pass that mid-year next year when he's 29. So, and if he extends his contract and he he's a revolution player for life, um, you know, even if he moves into a backup role and he plays center back, right back, kind of as a rotation player, um, he's going to easily surpass Shalrie mm-hmm. Joseph on that list.
3: Is he? Where is he in games played total?
1: I would have to look that up. I don't. I'm have trying
3: that. to find it. And I can't find it either. Uh,
0: I think he's. But I Twitter. mean, he must. I think, be up he's, there. I think he's at 221 for games played. Yeah, which is going to be top five easily. Um, yeah, he's, he's he's fifth right now in games yep. played. I believe. It, but he's. Yeah, I think
1: He's only made substitute appearances in two of those games.
0: Yeah. Like and, we know he, he always starts.
1: Yeah. And last yeah. season was his first season since being drafted where he didn't make – he didn't start 30 games and he started 29. Uh, so I, I didn't realize this until I was going over the numbers, but Andrew Farrell is um, going to obliterate the minutes played record and probably will obliterate the games played and games started um Record and I I don't think he's gonna break into the starting all-time eleven over. Well, he he I think he did make the starting eleven over Jay Heaps according to the fans. I I I would have Heaps over him and and Mm -hmm. obviously I'd have Parkhurst at center back over him. But um you know he's getting to the point where it's really hard to leave him off of these best all-time teams.
3: You could you could easily make the case. I would say in a couple of years when maybe when he has that record, if you were to do a starting four back line. That you could easily say, you know what, we're going to put Jay Heaps at right back. We're going to put Andrew Farrell at center back, and and I think from from a, a history standpoint of Jay Heaps drafting Andrew Farrell and the Revs basically having that position set for almost two decades, um, you you don't see that anymore um, in sports, and let alone in soccer. Uh, so that's that's just an amazing. Uh, little piece of lore of, of Rev's history of, yeah, the man, the man who, who was the best right back drafted, arguably the second best right back in his replacement. And we didn't have a problem at that spot for 20 years. You can argue whether or not Andrew Farrell, it was dominant or whether he reached certain peaks, but says he was still there. He was still pretty darn good at what he did and, and asking him to play center back for five years when really maybe he shouldn't have been. Um, and he did that to, to, I think more than we could have ever hoped for in certain spots. So, uh, Yeah, Andrew Farrell deserves to be on this team. I think at some point you're going to have to make a very, very strong case for you might have to keep him in that first 11.
0: Yeah, and and Brian, in case you didn't hear me, did correct me. He was was right. Um, Andrew Farrell, sixth in games played, not fifth. Uh, right right in front of him he's at 221 right in front of him is uh, Jay Heaps at 243 and then Diego Fagunda at 244 because he has two this season and then Chris Tierney at 246 then Matt Reese 254 and Sean Joseph number one at 261 one last name I wanted to mention um, that I just feel like needs to be mentioned is Mike Burns uh, because Mike Burns was a U.S. national team center back that played 108 games for the revolution um, in the early years and Uh, You know, for all of his faults at GM, I think he at least deserves an honorable mention on the defensive side of the game. Um, People uh, certainly remember his mistake in the 1998 World Cup um, that may have left a subtle taste in his playing days, but... Um, and the years when the Revolution defense was not the greatest and the Revolution weren't the greatest, um, he was one of the consistent marks back there and did, did manage 108 appearances for the Revolution and also was a you know somewhat regular on the U.S. national team. So I think he, he at least deserves a mention in this um, as we're talking about the greatest Revs team of all time.
1: Did anyone consider and and decrease the chances of Mike Burns being on this team because of his GM tenure? I tried separating the two out, but I could certainly see people not... Not adding Burns to this list just because of his, I'll say, controversial general manager, manager tenure.
3: I, I certainly, I certainly could put myself on that on that list for sure. Not not that I not that I don't think Burns would would be wouldn't warrant in the discussion, but just because I had only three or four center back spots because I only went with seven defenders, um, and and we know that it's really going to be Parkhurst and and Farrell if you want, and you know maybe Gonsalves, maybe a maybe a Lalas. Um, there's a lot of like you know, hey, we all know Parkhurst is unanimous. After that, yeah, Burns absolutely deserves to be in the discussion based on his resume uh, as a player. Like, yeah, you could you could make the case that he deserves to be on what we'll call the 23-man, the International Olympic roster, whatever you want to call it. Like, yeah, you could, you could easily make the case for that. I would, I, I personally wouldn't, but probably a good a good chunk of that is the GM tenure and and how how he left the team.
0: Yeah, and just just to be honest, in my memories of the early days of the Revolution, guys that stood out to me were Francis Okra, who was on there at the same time as Mike Burns, and, and Alexi Loss obviously had the personality that made him stood out, and Mike Burns was more of a, a guy that you knew was good because he played on the national team, but less of one of those, at least to me, was less of one of those standout players. And I think that's why... You know he doesn't come to mind when I'm putting together his best team, but then you look at his stats and you remember that he had 75 caps for the national team. He was obviously a good player, um, so you you got to at least mention him as a, as an honorable mention or someone that belongs in that conversation where you're getting to the you know the bottom of your list of the center backs on this roster. It's worth
1: mentioning too. He did win the 1998 Revs Defender of the Year, um, which I mean a handful of other people also won. Rusty Pierce, uh, Morse Wright. Um, Francis Okere, as I said, won, won two Defender of the Year. So w- winning Revs Defender of the Year once is not necessarily a huge, huge achievement, but um, it, it's worth mentioning that you know he he does have one accomplishment to his name during his Revs playing days. Yeah, any other thoughts before we depart, gentlemen? No? No, he's good. All right. Well... Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll post uh, everyone's uh, 23-man roster on Twitter and on Facebook, so it's a little less confusing. I know this wasn't the most clear format to follow, but uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We're not sure when we're going to do another podcast again. We're not really sure what's going to be happening uh, week to week with the coronavirus situation, but um, we'll let you know. We'll tweet out when we have new podcasts coming. Uh, But in the meantime, thank you all for listening, uh, and wash your hands.